This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago is seeing an increasing number of extreme weather events, from flooding and tornadoes to dangerously hazy skies from Canadian wildfires. And this week, temperatures could spike to the upper 90s. All of this can be fairly manageable for some people for now. But for people experiencing homelessness, it can be impossible, sometimes deadly. So joining us now to talk about the challenges unhoused people face and solutions to those issues is Colleen Ryan, a nurse practitioner with Heartland Alliance Health. Welcome to Reset, Colleen. Thank you. It's good to be here today. Also, here is Andy Robledo. He's a Chicagoan who's providing tents to people experiencing homelessness. Welcome back, Andy. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, Sasha. So, uh, you know, as I said, Chicago is going to see some particularly high temperatures this week. I think I looked earlier and Friday is going to get up to like something crazy like 97, right? Something many will try to avoid, uh, you know, is the peak of the day. So what are some of the health concerns that you would say, Colleen, are out there for folks who spend extended amounts of time outside and maybe don't have air conditioning or shade as an option? Sure. So some of the most severe uh, concerns are heat stroke and death, Yeah. Um, to put it very bluntly. Um, there are several steps that happen before that, which would, we can think about heat exhaustion. We can think about just being dehydrated, really fatigued and run down. But ultimately, death is a risk. Wow. City officials send out their list of recommendations for people during these high temperatures. They, they write things like, you know, stay out of the sun, avoid outdoor activities, drink plenty of water, cool down with a bath or shower. What options do people experiencing homelessness have here, Andy? There's really not a whole lot of those options. So um, you know, really, when we go out to the encampments, um, you know, in, in the winter, a lot of times, you know, we see like people are freezing to death. But in the summer... Um, there's no water, so there's nowhere to even get water to take a shower or take a bath um, or to even drink. But that's the, the number one request we have. Um, and then also, like, finding a cooling center. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard. There's all these resources out there, but when you're living at an encampment and you don't have access to transportation or information or know where these things are, um, it's really hard to find those things. Yeah, um, like what does access to a cooling center look like here? You know what? I wouldn't even know the first place to start looking. I mean, I, I could look online, but um, you know, you'd probably have to find some some kind of transportation. Yeah, we've got to find six one. of them that I guess you know, if you have access, you could Google. Yeah, and and they're open, you know, nine to five, you know, all week. But yeah, as to your point, not always so easy for yeah. everyone. Yeah, especially when you're, you know, like you mentioned, fatigued, exhausted from the heat, thirsty, just trying to stay alive in the moment. All you could think about is. What do I do right now to not, you know, suffer from this heat? So, um, yeah. Well, to that point, Colleen, what are some signs that that folks can look out for if someone is experiencing heat exhaustion, for instance? What does that look like? Sure. So heat exhaustion um, can start off start off the earlier stages are people just feel tired. Um, your body sweats a lot, and so you're losing hydration, especially if you don't have access to water or things like Gatorade that can help replenish your hydration status. Mm-hmm. Um, people often will have flushed cheeks. We think about a sunburn look. Um, their skin overall can be red. As things progress, sometimes people start to feel cool. They feel clammy. Um, really? Yeah, and, that, that's, and, so, and that's a sign that's of heat actually, exhaustion. Right, that gets Interesting. really scary because that is a concerning sign when people start to feel cold when they're really hot um, and their body temperature rises. Um, so those are some warning signs. I mean, one of the things that we really recommend is to make sure that you're checking on people. Um, and
and in many of the encampments, um, there are it's groups of people, so they are able to check on each other. But there's a lot of people who aren't necessarily on the radar to be checked on, and those are people who are living sort of in other less traditional. Yeah, I guess an encampment's not traditional, but for some of our people we work with, it is. Yeah, um, but. It- to, Go ahead. Say, just to make sure that we're checking on people and making sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if there are resources in terms of providing water, hydration. Asking key questions. Yep. And people can get confused. So that actually brings up another. As um, this progresses, people sometimes get confused and it can appear like they're having a stroke or other really serious health um, health card- health events. Andy, you've done work to, to give people experiencing homelessness sturdy orange tents. We've talked about this on the program before you initially started giving those out it was kind of a way to help people experiencing homelessness just get through the winter right how did they respond take us back uh respond to the the tents yeah oh yeah i mean it was night and day difference i remember um the first winter i'd gone out just seeing people in summer tents Mm -hmm. uh with ventilation on the sides um and people were suffering people were freezing like uh frostbite Suffering that I had never seen before in my life and that most of us don't get to see, that our donors don't see, that the, the listeners right. don't get to see. But um, I got out of my truck and stepped right to the foot of it to, to look it in the face, and um, it was horrific. Um, so, And I knew we could do better, and it was, uh, it was a letdown to think that there were all these organizations and these government entities that – we're letting people live up here like this and not giving them anything better. Mm-hmm. So, so these uh, tents are helping the way that you you hoped they would. It was yeah, like night and day. Once we put up those structures, they hold heat. People can stand up in them. Um, and the winter was a lot different. Instead of coming up to people like pleading for help, um, they were like, "I'm cool. Maybe bring me some water or get me a meal." Like, you know. So the the feedback was was great, and um, you know, uh, people deserve more than that. They deserve housing and an apartment uh, but it's the best that we can do on a shoestring budget yeah uh, to in- improve the conditions but now these tents are, are holding the heat but do they keep heat out too like in the the summer months so the feedback i've gotten is that people have been fairly comfortable in them so um yeah, so yeah i mean it's hot so they help just as much yeah in the, in the summer months as they do in the winter. Uh, so, Colleen, you, you've been a nurse practitioner now for about 12 years. Correct. Help put this into more perspective for us. I mean, how many people have you treated for exposure-related conditions? Like people who have, who have uh, been constantly exposed to harsh weather. A lot. I, I don't have a number to give you because it's a lot. Um, I mean, we treat thousands of people a year at our organization, just the organization where I come from, Heartland Alliance Health. Um, and we have lots of partners across the city who are doing the same work. Um, and so it's it's been interesting. The um, Over time, you know, recent the past few years, we're seeing an increase in number of people unsheltered. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been a concern for many people experiencing homelessness in Chicago, but the, the unsheltered numbers are what's become alarming, especially in this past year. Um, you know, I'm not certain. There's a lot of things we can blame, um, but the point is, is that the numbers are going up. So proportionately, we're seeing an increased in um Wow. And and the number, I mean, does it change throughout the year? Like, are you seeing maybe more or less people during the winter than summertime? So I think it's directly correlated with how extreme the weather is. The years when there's these long extended periods of time where it's below zero, we're seeing a lot of people at that. Um, And the same when we have several days in a row when there's 
heat temperatures above 90, um, we see a lot more people versus the milder seasons where it's, you know, 60, 70, even mm-hmm. 40s or even in the 30 degree range. Um, yeah. We're seeing less. So to that end, Andy, you know, extreme heat may not cause someone to lose temporary shelter if they have it, but heavy snowfall and rainstorms, things like that could, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and heavy floods could also um, displace even people who are able to find more permanent shelter. So I'm curious what you've heard from, from people that you've worked with. What are they saying about how often they're losing shelter just due to the weather? I mean, I've seen it just when the rainy season hits. Yeah. Um, so the goal is, like, with those tents, if I can keep someone alive for a cold snap, like, it did its job, you know? Yeah. Um, but then the rainy season then comes. Then around the corner is Around is the corner the is the rainy season, um, the winds. So, yeah, we've lost some tents to, you know, harsh winds or trees falling. Um, but, um but yeah, it hasn't happened mm-hmm. as often. Like they stand up a lot better than uh, than anything else. Can that they be repaired? They can be repaired. So we've done a lot of repairs on them, but they're very sturdy. So um, it takes a lot to to take them down. So, mm-hmm. but, but with, mean, the, but with but the, the with the weather we've been with, getting lately, yeah. that, that is the a lot, right? Yeah, with the extreme weather, um, they've really taken a lot. But we've um, they've taken a beating. They've taken a beating, and uh, a lot of them, you know, a good amount need to be replaced. Yeah. How have you seen extreme weather and, and homelessness impact a person's mental health, Colleen? It's rough. It's really hard for people. Because yeah. um, it's not just about potentially losing your place to stay, but, I mean, there's a, a, a mental health impact. Right, there is. I mean, imagine if you didn't know where you were going to put your head tonight. How would you feel? And day to day, you've got to figure that out. Right. When you wake up tomorrow, wherever you may wake up, if you are able, if you were able to sleep, um, what what's next? Yeah. It's a lot of stress for a person. And that, that's assuming safety. It's not always safe. What about safety. on your end? I mean, what's it like for you then trying to treat that? So I think a big piece is meeting people where they are. I mean, there's the literal meeting people in their encampments or wherever they're they're staying, um, but also meeting where they are and what they're ready to and capable or, or to work on. So if today we're going to focus on trying to get some sleep, then that's what we're going to focus on um, and not really pushing people to go beyond what they're comfortable or what they're ready for. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. This year, Chicago has seen more frequent extreme weather events. I'm talking high temperatures, tornadoes, and unhealthy air quality that's stemming from climate change. So we're talking about available shelter options for people who are experiencing homelessness during these events. Our guests are Colleen Ryan with Heartland Alliance Health and Andy Robledo, who's a Chicagoan who provides tents to people who are living in homeless encampments around the city. So, I mean... Colleen, scientists, they're expecting extreme weather conditions are only going to get more frequent as as climate change just continues to worsen. So, I mean, take us inside your world. I I mean, how is that going to affect how you're planning for the future? So it's a great question. Um, Caring for unhoused people. Yeah. So I think ultimately everybody should get housing. That would be a great way to help solve this. Wouldn't that be wonderful? (laughs) Yeah. um, There are some initiatives that will hopefully lead us in that direction. Um, Very specifically, Chicago was chosen as part of the All Inside initiative recently. What's that? Um, It's a federal program and I cannot speak to a lot of details, but basically it's a federal program that will support, I believe there's six different cities across the country. Mm -hmm. um, And it's some really intense efforts in terms of collaboration across agencies, um, federal and local, so that we can work together 
to be able to really face some of these um, challenges because it's not just one thing that's going to fix all of this. There's there's multi, multi it's multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we talked briefly about your work, Andy, just getting those high quality orange tents uh, to folks. Uh, aside from shelter, you know the obvious. What other immediate need or needs do you see it filling? The tent, people? yes, the actual tent. Um, really, the the biggest part um, is human connection and showing people out there that people care about them. Like the listeners here care about them. People at the Orange Tent Project, my organization, mm-hmm. care about them. Uh, their neighbors care about them. We're all community supported. Uh, we don't have any grants. We don't have any federal funding. We don't have any big benefactors. Um, well, so, uh, to that end, I mean, like, who's covering the cost here? And what, what does it cost? So these tents? the cost to build a tent, uh, just the materials mm-hmm. are about $350 for just the materials. When we count in a heater, when we count in blankets, lights, mm. propane, uh, we're more like, you know, staffing. We're at like $500 uh, to build each tent. Um, and, yeah, and that's all $5, $10 at a time from donors in the community. It's all wow. community-based. Everybody just stepping up. Everyone stepping yeah, I, up. I remember when we first heard about you you on this mission and, and um, folks were just trying to find you. How do I find that guy that's making that, you know, that's uh, get, uh, distributing tents? And we had you on reset and we got a few calls as well trying to have folks, uh, you know, be connected to you. And all so these th- people showed up. Yeah. Thank you for showing up. People yeah. just showed up with their donations, but also to help build yeah. to get their, you know, I love that. hands dirty. And I, I think, too, those tents are giving folks... A sense of privacy. Yeah. Somewhere to put their things, right? Their personal belongings. Yeah, they call them... But you um, don't have that usually when you're unhoused. Yeah, they call them like uh, condos. They're little condos. <laughs> um, or I've seen them called like, oh, my, I'm getting a mansion today, you know, compared to what I had before. Um, but yeah, people can stand up. People can walk around. People can have a place for their bed, a place to eat, a place to sit Their and own read. private space. Their own private space where, you know... All your stuff isn't just out or you're sleeping on top of it. So, um, yeah, that's pretty valuable. Uh, what are a few approaches, Colleen, that you've seen organizations take um, to address homelessness across the city? I mean, and any that you think are working well? So there's been, you know, COVID did a lot of things. Um, one of the really exciting things, I think really great things that happened is it caused a lot of our organizations across Chicago to collaborate. Um, so there's several different organizations that are, are have been since, I think it was like March of 2020 when we had this big meeting that all of a sudden bloomed into a huge citywide um, collaborative. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and so it's causing us to actually talk to each other and work together a whole lot more. And I mean, we and we worked together previously, but the growth... Um, that's come from that has really, um, you know, in terms of like our housing organizations are talking to our healthcare organizations more. Um, we're asking each other what they need yeah. and figuring out how we can t- work together. A really like simple but powerful example is we say, hey, what time are you going to this location? And we show up together at the same time to provide housing um, resources and to provide healthcare resources. So it's yes. sort of a um, to try and bring the resources to people in a way that makes sense and is convenient for them. That connection that Andy yep. talked about earlier. How much do you think, though, that these efforts are addressing homelessness as a whole versus just treating a symptom of the problem? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think we're all doing what we can. Uh, we're all doing what we can. And um, to Colleen's point, like it takes it takes a village. It takes everyone doing what we can. Um, 
as far as like solving homelessness. Like right now, we're just we're we're addressing a symptom. We're addressing something that's that's yeah. much deeper, much darker, much bigger than any one of us, than any one organization. And we have to collaborate. We have to work with the city. We have to work with the federal government. We have to work with you know private organizations mm-hmm. um, in order to get people not only housed but also the services that they need, yeah. uh, the wraparound services that they need. So the health care, the mental health care. Um, you know, if and then also a little bit of grace and acceptance. You know, like what we have to meet people, like Colleen said, where they're yeah. at, and. Um, and uh, kind of figure out what capacity they have to, you know, yeah. do the things, whether it's get sober or get a job or, you know, move into housing. Like these are all big, big life changes. Um, and as a an addict in recovery myself, I know what it's what it's like to even take take the step and try to make any change. So, um, but just meeting people where we're at, I think, is most important. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Andy Robledo is a Chicagoan who's providing tents to people living in homeless encampments around the city. And Colleen Ryan's a nurse practitioner with Heartland Alliance Health. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you.